back to the Building a Fighter podcast. My name is Dr. Austin Shane, sports chiropractor in Scottsdale, Arizona. With me, as always, badass strength coach in Denver, Colorado, Alex Friedman. What up, dude? How are you, man? How's your Sunday going? I am good. Just getting back from a little anniversary trip um, and chilling. Watched a little football right when I got back home. My boy is killing it for the Cardinals and ready to talk about building our ideal gym. Yeah, not not building a fighter today, but building a gym. We're going to kind of fantasy make out our ideal setting for a training. You're trying to fantasy make out? That's what I like doing, man, obviously. Um, But no, build out a fantasy gym as far as like if you had all the funds in the world, everything at your fingertips, what are you going to put in that training facility and how are you going to organize it, which is – you know, honestly, good practicing for when building fighter has a gym. Exactly. Um, Alex, what are some of your non-negotiables that you need there? Um, I mean, I'm a strength coach, so I need some racks and a barbell. I need what really types? Qu- Let, let's go straight up. Oh God! I'll what go types of rack? We're going way in, in depth here. Oh yeah. Um, That's the shit I nerd out on. Quite honestly, like top of the line, if I can get what I would do. If I had unlimited funds is I would give Sorenex 15 to 20 K and say, make this shit. How I, want. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, being quite honest, like that's, I'll tell them I want to be able to have, you know, three or four barbell stations. I want a fully kitted out rack with the jammer arms. Um, I want a med ball and a slam wall. I want high quality med balls. So, uh, I mean, I don't think Sorenex barbells are always the best. I, I really like, um, some of rogues Olympic bars. I think those are top of the line. If we, if not Elico, um, bumper plates are bumper plates. I don't really put a whole lot of stock in them, especially for, um, mixed martial artists. Like we don't the need speckled to, ones. We don't need to geek out on the polyurethane versus iron plates. Like I want bumper plates, but I don't need, you know, Elico competition level bumper plates. Yeah. Um, so rogue barbells would be the great, uh, would be the best. The Ohio barbells, if we could customize them, make them red and black, that'd be dope. Nice. Um, bumper plates, high quality med balls. I mean, I think Dynamax rules the roost there now since, uh, what was the brand that we geeked out? Um, oh, um, they got bought by Spry. Yeah, they're, they're gone. XD. XD, yeah, they're dead and gone. And no, they they're back. That's what I'm saying. They got bought by Spry. Well, screw them because they never sent me a med ball that I ordered. So um, <laughs> I'm upset with them, bitches. But yeah, those Kevlar med balls, specifically 10 inch ones. I like the big 14 inch med balls are kind of your your larger size that people always see. But the 10 inch ones, I think, work a lot better when you're doing reflexive drills or you're throwing shot puts at the wall, and then you can handle it on a repeat effort. So I like those all the way from maybe six to 12 pounds. Um, I like a turf area. Again, you're just letting me go in here. So that's great. Um, I like the turf area. How much turf? A simple strip, maybe um, eight, five to 10 yards wide, and then maybe 15 to 20 meters long or yards long. Um, I don't need a lot. I need a room to push a sled. I need some mobility area. I like open space in the gym as well. I think a lot of gyms get too cluttered down with, um, equipment and too much 
toys, for lack of a better term. I like open area, whether it's rubber or turf. And so I need to push a sled. Maybe with some athletes, we're going to be sprinting. A lot of my athletes do plyometric drills, so I like doing those on turf. Um, and then just to wrap up this kind of weight room section, I'll let you go, Austin, as far as what you would like in a weight room. I want this to be side-by-side slash in the same room as my mats and my octagon and our training space. I don't need this to be a different building. I don't want it to be a separate room. I want it to be integrated, and I want it to be one training facility, not there's the weight room, over there's the technical space, over there's the PT room. I don't want to necessarily segregate all of those. No, and I agree. I think that's that's crucial with developing a all hands on deck approach and and everybody being integrated. Yeah. Is if if and I think Ruka, if I believe Ruka's gym does a good job of this, where the the weights are out right mm-hmm. next to the cage, and I think ATT does as well, yeah. where um, everybody sees what everybody's doing and it promotes more communication across the entire, I guess, team. 100%. But for me, I, I love the Sornex racks. Um, I want to add in, I would need some trap bars, um, on I top of everything. He's got the best uh, yeah. in that realm. Yeah. I'd get, so I'd get probably four or five transformer bars, um, for the racks that we have. Those are Kabuki's safety mm-hmm. squat bar, but they are also able to be changed in different loading patterns. So I can change right. between low bar back squat, high bar back squat, Zercher squat. And it's all in that safety position where it's a little bit safer on the upper body. Um, in the shoulders. One thing that Sorenex makes is the uh, single leg squat stand that attaches yes. to the rack. That 100%. would be necessary. I mean, you can make do with it on a bench and everything else, but that, that squat stand is, is one of the best. Yep. And um, I think you mentioned it, but definitely a jammer, a set of jammer arms for each rack. I think those are, um, in, honestly, there's nothing better for MMA fighters for developing that power, the jammer arm mixed with mm-hmm. like a med ball type scenario. Yeah. Um, it's just a better pattern, I think. But you got to go with Sorenex for those because some of the other jammer arms that you, you pay, you're paying for the quality with the yeah. Sorenex. Um, something I use a lot, but it's a little bit more specialty equipment is we have that Kabuki strength flywheel. Uh, I, I use that relatively a large amount. I think it's good because I get a belt squat variation. I'd also add a pit shark in probably, or not a pit shark. What's uh what's rogues version, the rhino. I don't know exactly, but one thing I was a fan of was um, I think Sornex had an off-rack belt squat option. Yeah, yeah. So it was just it was, it was almost like a jammer arm that you just walked all the way down and loaded up. Mm-hmm. So that was a really, uh, really cool innovation. Um, landmines, like obviously. Yep. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I like in building a gym. My personal opinion is. It's going to be a, I'd rather have a little bit less material, but much higher quality than vice versa. Um, you, you definitely get what you pay for with fitness equipment. And while some stuff like, I mean, like plyo boxes, you can't really fuck up wood, right? Um, like, uh, dumbbells, it, it doesn't really, if you're getting a dumbbell set, I don't think it really matters the brand of dumbbell, but some stuff like racks, some stuff like, like barbells, like Alex was saying, specialty bars, um, prowlers and and what sled you end up getting 
those things are extremely important to buy the quality and then let it last for prolonged periods of time. Like that's why my gym, we have the echo bike versus the assault bike. The assault bikes known to actually have better metrics as far as like reliability of metric, but it breaks so much more than an echo bike. So I'm going to take the echo bike about nine and a half times out of 10 because that's going to, for me as the business owner, allow me to have less repairs and less money down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you just keep giving me ideas of equipment that I would want in this gym, but, um, you had a nail head quality equipment. And then, like I said, open space, like I don't need every corner of this gym stacked with specialty equipment, but, uh, some open space is certainly necessary and you can do a lot with just body weight. I think that's one of the most underutilized tools in the fitness space. I mean, because part of the industry of fitness is exercise equipment right yes um but a couple things again off the top on our turf space i want smart hurdles i think smart hurdles are are money no matter where you go like they're just pvc adjustable hurdles that are lightweight super versatile you can use them for a lot of different things um you know i'm not even huge on plyo boxes i mean to an extent you would need them but they're just always big, big and bulky and seem to be in the way so That'd Maybe be some. actually that'd be a cool invention is like a, a collapsible plyo box. Yeah, I wonder if I that's out there. That. Yeah, I would worry right, about stability. That. Yeah, you need to reinforce everything. But um, you're right though. My that's my biggest pain in the ass is when I clean up is the fucking plyo boxes having to stack the plyo boxes. I think every strength coach has gone through their their phase of hating plyo boxes. I mean, I use them a large amount of the time. I use a lot of plyo boxes. Um, just four different plyometric based movements or if you're doing box squats, what have you, but they're a bitch and a half to yeah. fucking put away. Amen. And then the, the metal framework ones don't really suffice either. Because right. That's what we have. Sharp. You have to fucking stack them. Yeah. They, they're inconvenient all the way around. So somebody fix that problem, please. Yeah. Um, somebody smarter than me with a physics background. Exactly. Um, air bikes, I think are irreplaceable. Yeah. Um, I just got I a ski erg recently. I fuck with the ski erg. Ski erg's cool, but it's not top of my list. Um, I like a spin bike. I'm not a huge fan of treadmills. I mean, maybe one or two for like token. Like this is a gym. We need a treadmill. I could but, see like there's a brand called Aussie Fit, and I think a couple others have this, but they have a um, magnetic resistance, like free runner, yeah. so that it's it's so you are actually like pushing a sled. So it's like a weighted track. So that's, oh, that, yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of cool where it's, yeah. it's a free run. It's like a woodway where it's like the soft runner and everything, but then you can click a magnetic resistance. I think it goes up to like 250, 300 pounds of magnetic yeah. resistance or something. I think that's kind of cool. So you yeah, do I like think, weight, weighted D cells. Yeah. You could do like, um, uh, like back pedals. Yeah. I think that would be, that would be neat, but I think that's more novelty than like, um, cornerstone. So the same thing yeah. you're saying with like the flywheel, like the flywheel has a lot of really cool applications. It's just, I'm not going to prioritize that or implement that with 20 out of 25 guys. You know, um, I think that's cause you don't have one to use. I think you, you're on the other side of the fence because <laughs> just because you do have yeah, one just cause I do have one. I use it a lot, a hundred percent. And I think that that's just a lot of people's exercise selection is the equipment they have available to them, which yeah. you do the best with your context. Kettlebells. Right. We need, yeah, fitted out with kettlebells. I I what love weights? kettlebell exercises. Um, 
through it. If we, again, we got unlimited funds, let's get two sets of. I know, but if you had, to... I think it's also cool for people if they are listening for home gym applications, or if you're building a gym, or if you're building out a team setting. What weights um, are crucial to have as a kettlebell? Right. I mean, I think you need a, a mid tier, like somewhere at thirty five to forty pounds. That's going to allow you to do a lot of your uh, strength endurance stuff. And if you could get two of those, then you can just double it up for your heavy stuff, which a heavy kettlebell to me is like 70 to 90 pounds. So if you get two 40 pound dumbbells, you're kind of rocking there. Um, And then I would go like all the way down to a really small one because kettlebell are really useful for like shoulder stability exercises or small type of movements. So if you get like a, a 10 to 15 pound one as well. So I would go really small and then I would go two middle tier ones are kind yeah. of my, my go-to. And if you really want a one of each, you could go like 15, 40, and then like a 70. Um, those are kind of the ranges I stay in. The 25 ones, you know, are meh. They're like in between this and that. And the same thing with like a 61 or even like a 120 pound kettlebell. Like that's again more of a novelty yeah. in my book. Yeah. Um, I like, so moving from kettlebell to dumbbell. I like so I don't like power blocks. I hate how they confine my hands. I don't they're, like the bricks. They're super clunky. Yeah, they're awkward in the sense, but they are convenient as, as far as footprint. Right, and that's what I'm going at. Have you seen the uh, the clickable ones? I think it's like a Mayo Bell or something like that. Mm-hmm. So instead of it being a power block where it's like the little straps that come off, yeah, it's the handle just rotates and you just rotate and do a movement with your wrist. It'll click the weight in, and you can go up and down. Um, outflow that seems like a bowflex move but it goes up to like a hundred and i think 105 or 110 pound dumbbells like i could get five of those and we'd be and you'd be good to go like five sets of that and you get a whole entire five sets of dumbbells all the way up to 105 that you just have at your disposal at your gym instead of having to buy a bunch of sets through no i love that yeah because the the, again the footprint is the biggest thing with dumbbells so if they Mm -hmm. have a more convenient solution than like the clunky power blocks are that yeah the square design again super useful and i think probably leader in the market right now but i just don't better. like it it encloses my wrist i don't like that feeling when i'm lifting i feel like my hands are claustrophobic You're soft. Mm-hmm. um off of that i can uh one thing sorenex recently came out with an, is an anchor have you seen that yeah Oh, is, that, I don't think Sornex came out with that. Well, I think they partnered with Sornex. Oh, got you. Um, yeah, those are sick. Those instead are of awesome. like an instead of an actual um, tower machine. Right. The cable machine. I think cable machines can be very versatile, and I like using them. Again, yeah. the footprint is huge, though. Right. Bingo. So the anchor you can attach to your Sornex rack, and you get variable resistance with it. But those are really cool innovations in like a cable machine. Right. You just get two. You can get two anchors per rack you have both sides of a pulley yeah. and there you go and that's way cheaper than an actual I cable do machine and i'm curious to how heavy they get i don't know if you can get really as heavy as you would with like a, a lap pull down like i don't think you're going to do any effective lap pull downs with that yeah which i know most fires do pull ups anyway but yeah um, but, man, but you could also stash, i just like the lap pull downs like i agree it's just like i like if if we're having a dream gym <laughs> I would like 10,000 square feet. Yeah. No, I think there are a couple like plate loaded machines that are, are useful to have personally, like the, the monster machine, the lat pull down, but it's plate loaded and it's individual by hand. I think that's a worthwhile machine to have. 
a plate loaded chest press. So they're sitting. So you could just I, like just do a push movement while they're sitting up. I think that's a beneficial thing to have because you can do a different, it's a locked in pattern. So you can do it for conditioning and the form isn't going to break down. So it's not going to de- or degrade as fast. Um, what else? What I fucking hate leg presses. If that's yeah, where you're going. No, I was going to go to neck training actually. Um, oh, I think necks. every rack you have should have an iron neck. Yeah, hundred percent. That's top of the line. And I think that's the biggest versatility for the UFC fighter. Have you seen plate loaded or cable stacked neck machines? Yeah, the one where you go like this and this. Yeah, they're not super um, convenient as far as footprint or applicability. I do think that's better than nothing. Yeah, but you could just have do partner ISOs, and you take up 0% of the space. That's fair. fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So regardless, funds are not an issue. We've we've established that. Uh, So it's Iron X, even though they cost like, what, 300 bucks? I believe so. I think each one is 300. Jesus Christ. Um, um, yeah. Or you just get good enough that they sponsor you. Yeah. Work with enough people. Yeah. yeah right. Um, um, what else? I mean, we talked about kettlebells. I think the, the key components for me so far is you got to have some sort of conditioning element. So that's going to be your turf, your sleds and your bikes. I love echo bikes. You got to have some sort of barbell area and barbell movements our landmines attached to our Soronex racks with our trap bar deadlifts and our our safety squat bars, our transformer bars. And we have to have some sort of dumbbells and we have to have some space that we can do mobility. I like that on turf for me. I think it's a good warm up space. I personally like a little bit more turf than you. Um, The gym that I'm moving into, it is, I think it's 20 meters wide by 40 meters long. And that's a good amount of space. But when I think about having potential groups in there, I think that's that's perfect for having a group setting. I mean, it's four batting cages wide. Yeah. And then one thing with turf, too, if we think about, like, using turf for running modalities, um, the only thing that I could justify to teach um, combat sports athletes to run would be, like, an acceleration phase. And that's yeah. for general rate of force development. Yeah. Um, so 40 meters is a good measure to work on like true acceleration like you get a good athlete they're going to accelerate for maybe 50 20 meters and then you have some decel space so yeah 40 minutes is long enough mm-hmm. well and it's it also opens it up in case you want to do mma drills sure. over on the turf or something like that or say or you like want to have somebody hit mitts or... yeah exactly um, because like right now, I only have 10 meters. I have 10 meters down and back. So I have people go around the building out in the fucking Arizona sun sometimes instead of like going just on turf. So if you just have a wider space, then you'd be good to go. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a shortage of turf space in my place. No, it looks like you guys got a fuck done. That's probably why I didn't prioritize it. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about T-Rexes? I mean, I, I like a couple of them and I know how to use them really well. I typically don't see them as super integral. I'd say if we have two, I think if we have four racks, four, we'll say four racks for simplicity of numbers, I'd want two TRXs and I'd want two sets of rings. Yeah. yeah I, I think like having the distinguish. Yeah. And, and just for shoulder flows and stuff like that. Or return to play. Yeah. A lot for just assistance. Yeah. I actually, the one, this is a little tchotchke thing, um, but I really like it. 
one thing I just got was the ab mat paired up with Kelly Sturette and they came up with this pad for roof and elevated work that attaches to a barbell. So it's like a very thick, dense piece of foam, but you can put it on both sides of the barbell. If you buy two, you can put one on each side of the barbell. So I think it takes up less space than like one of the rear foot elevated um, pads or, or something that you'd put onto a rack because you can just put one on each side of the barbell, keep it the same height and have them go. Um, so I, I've, I'm getting the hang of it. It's definitely a learning curve because it rolls and it's, and it's just different than putting, doing yeah. it on a, um, on a bench. Side of the barbell, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. You got to put 45 to 90 pounds on, but so far I really like what it's been doing. Cool. Yeah. Again, minimizes the footprint. We don't need another attachment to do something. We just got to slide a pad on or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, a sled is a sled is a sled. I'm not too concerned with that. I'd like personally, I'd like a couple um, like, pull like pull ones where you can just pull to the other side i don't know what they're called just i guess a high low the the post sleds and then i'd like an actual prowler when it's a post and a low push oh yeah 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 yeah. yep i mean that that's again low on my priority list because pushing and carrying is pushing and carrying i look at those as like general and robust exercises yeah i don't know i would I get where you're coming from, but like the low push is going to be a different pattern on the hips. It's going to be a different, like it requires different hip flexion. It's going to require different movements in general, different bracing strategies versus a high push. You're a little bit more sprint based. So like a low push is more like a loaded crawl versus a high push is more like an actual, like an acceleration phase. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, you know, I love my crawls. Yeah. Um, I'd also want battle ropes. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, inertia waves, battle ropes, fucking car blankets. Um, but which I've fucking loved that recently, by the way. Car blanket flaps. I've, I've been killing those. Corey was talking about it, but no, I think the the upper body endurance modalities are irreplaceable for MMA as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd also want some therapy tables out there, uh, because if it is gonna be an integrated off. setting. Yeah, go off on your healthcare equipment. Well, we're talking mostly about gym right now. Like I don't want to talk about our entire like plans for the future and shit like that. But for, for just, for just the strength and conditioning side of things, like you should definitely still have a couple, like, um, I don't know if I'd call them PT tables, more massage tables than anything where you can do like guided stretching. You can do, um, like theragunning if people want to lay down and they want to foam roll from an elevated setting, or if you want to diagnose, if your therapist is out there and you can diagnose and maybe I do, Maybe they're having knee tension while they're going through a squat. I isolate different key points where I want to focus on. Maybe I want to dry needle. I can dry needle them while we're out there. We don't put it on for prolonged time. I'm going to do just the the needle and tap, tap, tap with a little electricity. It takes three minutes, and then he's back out there. Does that affect your squat, yes or no? If it does, then we know that it's just quad tension that's affecting the squat. They can go back about their day. Their quad's loosened up. So it's just an easy, like, assess, treat, and then go back. Does this does this change what you're doing? Which that's, I kind of learned that at the, at Altus when I was working with them because that's their model. It's like the skill coach and the therapist are right there. Within the skill coach is typically their strength coach, and he sees something while they're running, sends them to the table. I work on them for five minutes. They go back. Did that change anything? Yes or no? We do it again all the way through practice to see if we can make any effects. So I think I, I really like that model, and I think it's something that we can bring in, and most pe- most gyms should. No, absolutely. And, and like you said, I like the open concept of having everybody around at all times. 
like one, your athletes going to see what each other are doing and that they'll be build confidence and that everybody's going through the same process. Two, in a setting like that, and I, I got a little taste of this at the PI when I was there, it's impossible not to walk somewhere and bump shoulders with the dietitian or yep. bump shoulder with a PT. It's like, oh, man, I was just thinking about ex-athlete and I had a question on his you know, hip flexion. It's kind of oh. like they designed it like that. Right. So, again, <laughs> the open concept is huge. Um, and so let's go to the other side now because I want to – build out the training, the sports-specific training area, right across the turf from the gym. Yeah. I think we yeah. have mats there. I think we have the, the octagon maybe in a corner off to the side or whatever, but similar there. I think a wrestling mat or mat space inside of a strength and conditioning facility is going to be super useful, and you can do half of your conditioning with sports-specific work. Um, right. That's what have been one of my thoughts and pepies for a long time is like we're doing all this interval work and we're using super gentle methods and that's cool and all, but like intervals you can do literally fucking anything, you know, yeah. as long as the effort and the intensity match up. So it's like, all right, instead of thirty seconds pushing the sled or thirty seconds bear crawling on a you know lactic power interval, hit as many doubles as you can. Or mm -hmm. give me as many rear lifts as possible. Like right. that's the same conditioning and even maybe even better suited for a mismatch box. Max output on the bag for 12 to 15 seconds, and then you get 45 seconds off. You get a minute 30 off, and you just keep going through that. That's going to do way more for you than any sort of – I mean, than the car blanket flaps that I love – that I was just talking about I love to use. Like, if it's if you're doing something that's related to your sport, that's going to be better. So I agree. Like, I actually just – Fight Ready just got new bags, and I'm buying some bags off of them so that I could have them at our new place that we're moving to so we can do ground and pound. Because, like, I, right now I've been having him do ground and pound on Bob. And if you've ever hit Bob, that hurts your hand. <laughs> um, or into, like, a med ball or something. So I've been creative, but it would be cool to just have, like, two heavy bags. And I could have legitimately four people doing ground and pound at once. Yeah. Um, so that's I think that's extremely crucial, extremely integral. If we're going on that side of things, the shot sled is wonderful. Um, they sponsor a couple of the wrestlers I work with where it's a, it's almost like a sled that somebody could either stand on or you could put weights on, but it slides on a mat. So those, those are very, very cool. Um, and I definitely want one of those in, in a gym and then back to like the performance side, which is kind of what we're talking about. I'd also, we'd have to hire, obviously I'm not smart enough to run the numbers on this, but I would like a, like a VO2 max station. I like, if, if we're going to do this, I'd, I'd want to do it. Yeah, totally. Where we can do diagnostics as well. Um, again, I, I don't know what goes into that. That's not my my realm. I punt to smarter analytical people than me. Um, but I, I would like a VO2 max setup, if you will. Um, and I would like some other different diagnostic areas that maybe we can do. I don't think we need a full-on DEXA. But we can do an, an in-body or an e-volt right there. Where we can get body mass and, and all those different metrics. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, I know top of the line is top of the line, and we could use those, but uh, I think enough useful and reliable information is what we're after. We're not necessarily after the super valid numbers that you would get from a VEXA or a DEXA yeah. or um, like a like an altitude control chamber, which the UFC had, but we don't necessarily need all those bells and whistles, but having reliable numbers that we can test and retest um, in a more practical fashion, I think would be huge. So 
I'm with you there on the sports science side of things as well. Um, yeah. Heart rate monitors for everybody. I think that's of course, easy, yeah, easy thing. And, and those can live at the gym too. You know, like those don't have to yeah. be individual purchases anymore. So just get you know a thirty case of polar heart rates, and then you just strap up for every session or hand yep. them out. So. Hundred percent, and then you could have it just built in. Like, what's cool is, I mean, not going down a rabbit hole, but what's cool is you can get a custom API, and it can be built into our building a fighter app, and it'll just keep the heart rate information right in there while they're doing the workout or in any app you use. Most most apps have that capability. You just have to talk to the to the director or to the uh, programmer. So, like, getting a heart rate strap that for everybody is crucial. Honestly, that might be the biggest thing that you can that would revolutionize a gym is actually having real time data for what they're working with and analyzing that instead of just like guessing the whole time. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's definitely strength coaches get really good at guessing and really good at intuition. But the more objective measures that we can, or the more evidence that we get, the better. Yep. So. I think in summary, we can kind of run through it as far as like a, like a virtual walkthrough. We can go yep. through our whole spiel of what we just wrote up with our gym. So uh, let's go. You walk through the front door of this building a fighter training facility. BAF. B-A-F. Yes, we just have B-A-F on the door. We don't have any other. Badass fuckers. Um. You take a, a look to the left, you see a couple aerodynes, a couple of treadmills, maybe one with the resistance magnetic that you're talking about. Um, did you finalize that you wanted a ski erg? Um, if I'm going to do anything, it, I'd w- either want one ski erg or I'd want one um, Versa climber. Versa climbers are dope, yeah. yeah. So you see that little cardio area off to the left. Behind that, I think you can fit a, an octagon or a cage in that area. Yep. In between the cardio area and the cage, I think is a good strip of turf right there. That's your 20 mm-hmm. meter wide by 40 meter length turf. Um, behind the turf, but to the side of the octagon is your mat area, your training right. area, your wrestling mats. Like two to three full wrestling mats length, God, something like that. That'd be so good. All right, two or three full wrestling mats. That's where you can have your like t- whole team practice. Yep. Um, now... We come back towards the front of the room. So this would be if you walk in the door and you look straight to your right. I think that would be a great place for our racks and all our strength equipment. Yep. Um, right off belts. the turf and everything. Yeah. Uh, slam wall, the medicine balls, everything right there. Um, and obviously we have our turf straight in the middle. And then I think off to the back right-hand corner is a good spot for your physical therapist and everything. And then there's and your diagnostic screens behind that. Locked rooms. Oh man, one thing we cannot forget in this facility is the shower. Showers, <laughs> which is the most expensive thing to have in a gym. It's That's why a, a lot of gyms don't have it. It's such a pet peeve for me, and I understand that the, there's a bunch of liability insurance and additional costs that come with yeah. extra stuff. But god damn it, man! If you have a gym, have some showers, please. One hundred percent. No, that's that's why I don't work out at my own gym. Because I don't want to, like I would, uh, because yeah. I don't want to shower or not be showered before I go throughout my day. 100%. Um, the other thing that I know you'd want, and if we're making it, let's make it. I'd also like a, um, like to the right of that, maybe through in maybe a separate door, what have you, or something It's would be like a coffee shop mixed with like a, yeah. um, a, like a, I guess a healthy cafe. Think like yeah. a life, yeah. lifetime-esque. Yeah. 
dietetics place. But I think that's that's another thing that it's all about having having beneficial things in close convenience to each other. Because if I have in my own facility an option for my athletes to eat healthy and I know it tastes good versus then they really don't have a choice. Like, like they don't have any excuse to go eat like shit. It's just like at the PI. If if you live in Vegas and you're in the UFC and you eat like shit, that there's zero excuse because you get it, you get it for free. Um, so having, but also having something like that, where if you have like kids, kids classes where the parents can go sit and have a meal while their kids working out. So it gets the parents away from watching their kid. Yeah. And not hover over your shoulder while you're coaching. Um, it's, it's a place that I feel as though having food next to, or in a gym help builds a community more because so many communities are built around food and it would be a unique place to have a dietitian right next to a chef. And they can go back and forth on what's going to be the most healthy or what's going to be the best, most beneficial thing for the athletes. And also what's going to taste fucking good. Because as you guys know, I'm not going to eat it if it doesn't taste good. I don't care how good it is. Yeah, right. But nail on the head with a community factor. That's like, you know, you have a good training facility going on. If guys like to hang out there outside of their training time. Yes. Right. If you don't like to be there, if you're not training, you don't necessarily have the best culture or the best um, atmosphere. So that's why, you know, all these schools have these pimped out locker rooms, right? Yep. With foosball tables and cold baths and couches and all this and that. And like that could be a cool um, build out when we do the locker room, the showers and everything else is just have a cool lounge space. So that yep. lounge space, but I think that lounge space is a little more exclusive to athletes, right? Yes. You know, coaches yeah. and athletes, but, but not necessarily yeah. the parents, not necessarily everybody else. But yeah, that'd be, this is a, turn into a, a sick fantasy gym hell yeah now we just need money <laughs> sponsors out there if you want to be a part of building a fighter hit Got us a up couple million dollars that <laughs> that's what'll get you we got no, the man. ideas we just need the cash yeah that was fun that was fun to build out a, a, a hypothetical cool gym like that so until then we'll just keep building out our garage gyms which I'm exactly currently in the process of so. yeah i don't i don't own a house so i don't have space for a garage gym but my dad just moved down here and he's putting in a gym in the backyard, most likely. So he's been asking me about, like, an outdoor gym, too. So he's been asking me about different things that he could put there. You better be working out early in the morning. Is there Arizona? Everybody thinks that, but it's not that bad. Like, in the summers, I mean, don't get me wrong. From fucking June through August, it blows. But for nine months out of the year, most there's a lot of outdoor gyms in Arizona, actually. Like, in his neighborhood, I think, on his street, there's four. Yeah, just people with like gyms in their backyard. So that's cool. But anyways, yeah, in the future, garage gym. If you guys got to get in touch with us, all of our information is in the show notes. If you guys want to reach out, you can do Instagram and or email. Those are gonna be the best places to get a hold of us. Um, this is Doctor Austin Shane. I'm Alex Rubin, and we are out. Bye.